0: Hey there, I'm Jeremy with Good Beer Matters. First, thank you for listening to the Good Beer Matters podcast, where we explore the craft and culture of beer. Second, I want to see the beer and hospitality industries improve so we can do a better job, make more money, and so guests can have exceptional experiences. Good Beer Matters is dedicated to the pros and enthusiasts in the beer industry because we are the ones who will make it better. To that end, I want to invite you to subscribe to my monthly newsletter where I share perspectives on beer, styles, pairing, and some practical beer education. Go to goodbeermatters.net to subscribe. My name is Jeremy, and this is Good Beer Matters.
1: I call the Czech Republic my happy place. They love beer, they embrace beer, they they drink more beer than anybody else in the world. The German word for that is actually Budweiser. So Budweiser comes from the name Budweiser. We're in court every year, every other year. Sometimes we win it, sometimes they win it. It's all over the name.
0: There's an old quote that goes something like, tell me what you eat and drink, and I'll tell you who you are. This truly could be applied to any culture, but I think it especially applies to a culture so deeply rooted in their beer that the entire nation owns a brewery. My next guest tells an extra special story because it's about a nation, their beer, and a decades-long lawsuit that continues to threaten it all. A memorable experience is found where craft and culture collide. These are the stories of us, of great food and the beer that brings it all together. For the craft and culture of beer, this is episode 124 of Good Beer Matters with Nikki Yardley of Budvar. Well, today is going to be a really fun conversation, I think. Um, I I got to know this particular brewery and this particular beer while I was at a conference in Texas. But it just so happened that that uh, we had these uh, wonderful ambassadors uh, of of uh, the, a brewery from the Czech Republic that's owned by the Czech Republic uh, that came and told us the story, uh, the story of a beer with two names, the story of a national brewery, uh, and and there are a lot more stories to dive into here as well. But um, I, I've got to welcome my next guest, Nikki Yardley of uh, Budvar slash Czechvar Brewery from the Czech Republic. Thank you so much for coming to the Good Beer Matters podcast
1: thank you very much for inviting me jeremy yes i met you mm, my gosh i don't know how many months ago and we've been speaking about this since so i'm very pleased to uh finally make it on
0: yeah and, and you know honestly uh we had a chat about doing a podcast back then and that was a little over a year ago but uh when i realized i wanted to do kind of like an international exploration of the beer experience i i that's where i i Due to schedules and planning for this, I, I kind of wanted to save this episode for for this season because the exploring that experience, the beer experience from around the world is is, is just diverse and wonderful, and and it, it's interesting to see, despite our vast differences, that we're all still pretty much the same. And 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 so this has just been really fun. But I, I, I'm so so glad you're here to tell us about the story of Budvar. But first, uh, Nikki, tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Thank you. Yes. Uh, Nikki Ardley. I am currently the business development manager for North America for the Budvar Budweiser Budvar Brewery. And in my territory, it's called Czechvar. So I am here to think about everything for the brand, for everything from marketing to sales. Where should we have it? Is it the right fit? What kind of SKU do we need here? Is it draft? Is it bottle? Is it a can? So everything that happens in North America comes across my desk. I get to look at that purse.
0: Wow. So you you have quite the territory.
1: I have, uh, yes, quite the territory. Uh, Last year, it's funny, I usually fly with Air Canada, and Air Canada sent me this wonderful email to say last year I was in the top 1% of their travelers, which shows you how many states and provinces I get to during the year.
0: Oh, wow. Um, uh, So uh, where do you call home when you actually get to see home?
1: Uh, My home currently is the capital city of uh, Canada, Ottawa, only a million strong, and probably one of the coldest capital cities in the world in the wintertime. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, we just had that conversation. Yeah. That uh, it's it's too bad you're not based out of uh, somewhere warmer, uh, but um, but you know, hey, that, you know th- that's why you need to go visit the the southern states uh, in South America uh, during the winter. Just you know, just to check on business, hopefully.
1: Absolutely, check on um, business every week.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, so so the story of of the brewery is two names. Um, I, I think. I, I think it would be helpful to kind of start out by tapping our foot on this particular base, um, Budvar and Czechvar. It, it's called it's called Czechvar in North America, and Budvar everywhere else, to my knowledge. Uh, uh, some people may know the story, but let let's get let's get the actual story out there. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Yes, I'd love to. Actually, uh, when we first met you, uh, my colleague and I were explaining to everybody this story, and that I could see on people's faces, wow, oh my gosh, this actually happens? Oh, we didn't know that. Yeah. So it, it is a quite a unique story in the beer world. Um, our brewery has been in its original place here in the Czech Republic since 1895. 1895, we brewed the exact same ingredients, the only four ingredients that count in beer. Um, so we were there in 1895. We were brewing. Lots of things happened, obviously. Uh, the town, Česke Budjevici, where we come from, or the German word for that is actually Budweis. So Budweiser comes from the name Budweis. In the Czech Republic, they have a tendency to name their beers after um, the city that they come from. So obviously, everybody knows Pilsner Urquell, it's from a city called yep. Pilsen. Budweiser, we are Budweiser. We come from Budweiser or Cheske Budjavitsi. So, long and short of it, Jeremy, we were brewing this wonderful beer since 1895. Um, Adolphus Busch came over from the US from the Anheuser Busch family. So, what we were doing, wow, they're making a white beer, white in the terms of a pale lager. Didn't really happen back then. He loved it. He took it back to the US, didn't take our recipe, didn't want to emulate the exact same liquid. But made a pale-looking beer stroke lager in the US and actually used our name as well. I guess he liked the name so much, they wanted to keep that there. So this is probably mm. one of the longest standing ongoing court cases. It's it's been, I don't know, a hundred years, and we're in court every year, every other year. Sometimes we win it, sometimes they win it. It's all over the name Budweiser. Right now, the European courts have said. We are Budweiser, Budvar, or Budgievitzy Budvar in the UK, or sorry, in Europe. In North America, they are Budweiser. So your Anheuser-Busch beer is Budweiser in North America, and the Budvar beer is actually called Czechvar. So yeah, you're talking a brewery with actually three names, not two. We have Budgievitzy Budvar, mm. Budweiser Budvar, and Czechvar. Yeah. A little bit confusing for people, but please make sure that everybody knows the liquid is exactly the same.
0: Well, and I can imagine that would be a branding nightmare for people in your position.
1: Yes, it's very, very hard. And sadly, from my position, especially Czech it's the smallest market. Biggest market is uh, Budweiser Budvar, which is, let's say, Germany, just half of our entire business. So they are Budweiser, Budvar. We are Czechvar. Czechvar is so small that the branding opportunities for Czechvar don't seem to come along as much as they do with Budvar. So we have to go on the, uh, you know, the shirt tails of all the other brands. We look exactly the same. We now have to tell our story. We are this big European brand. We're not this tiny little brand that you see in the in the U.S.
0: Hey there, it's me, Jeremy again. I forgot to mention that I also have a podcast with my dear friend, the incredible Julia Hers. Together, we've created the Sense of Beer Style podcast. It's the essential training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. We've created pre-episodes to cover foundational beer knowledge, as well as style casts to walk you through each category of the 2021 BJCP beer style guidelines. If you work with beer as part of your job, then subscribe and listen so you can become an authority. Go to senseofbeerstyle.com to subscribe. Well, and and that's part of the reason why I wanted to uh, ask you to come on to the Good Beer Matters podcast to tell the story um, the story that I got to hear from um uh, from you and Joni were was just a, a great story but you know a story is a great story I love a good story I was there at that conference to talk about storytelling but then you brought out this wonderful beer um now <clears throat> many of us in the business uh, love and revere at check Pilsner the story goes goes back everyone knows the tale of the first pale lager but almost all of the, of the imported pale lagers that I've ever tasted that have come over from Europe have had some oxidation to it, have had some of that, uh, quote unquote, import character to it. And, 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 and also a bit of diacetyl, a little bit bit of that butter flavor, which is kind of part of the charm in some cases, but I've never really tasted a good, fresh example of a Czech pills other than, uh, what, uh, what uh, home brewers have made or commercial brewers here have made, uh, which is you know obviously going to be interpretation. Somehow you managed because y- you must know the right people. You managed to get a shipment of a lot of that beer to share with us, Uh, and and I I I believe you alluded that it was no small feat, but you played it off as this that's just what we do. But I I kind of interpreted that it 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 took something to get it there, but you got it there, and we got to taste you know these beers that were fresh, that were delicious. And I remember having uh, I've I've had maybe a de- maybe a dozen moments where the clouds parted and the angels sang type of thing. but I remember drinking one of those beers and I poured it into a cup and when the cup went dry, I just kept on smelling it. I was just absolutely mesmerized by the aroma in that cup of that long gone beer. And that experience of that beer, just it it was a a cold liquid version of fresh, delicious buttered buns, you know, just fresh out of the oven. And it it just completely captivated me um, to the point where I haven't forgotten it. And I keep on bugging you. You got to come on the podcast just just for the story. This beer, this beer is exceptional. This beer was just such a delight to drink. And every time I've had it since, it it, it, it takes me right back to that same place. Um, so I I have to just say that there's something about this beer that is special. And we don't really get that experience with the, ver- the versions that come over in traditional channels that have seen some age to it.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and it's sad. Um, you have experienced fresh beer. We did pull out the stops. We again, we were trying to, yeah, yeah, play it off. Yeah, this happens all the time, but we pulled out all the stops to get it there. And I think your cans when you got them were maybe less than two months old, which is huge nowadays with all the logistical challenges we've had earlier on in the pandemic. It was taking five months to get here. So. On a Mm. can that's brewed and gives a stamp of 12 months, once the five months is gone, you're working on the tail end of that beer. Yes, it's still good, but it's not what you tasted. So if and when, exactly, if and when you get to go to their brewery, you will go down into the cellars and you'll actually get a fresh pint of unfiltered beer coming out of those tanks. And it's like Mm. something you've never tasted. I was completely blown away. I've been in the beer industry 30 years now. And until I went to the Czech Bar Brewery, the Wiser Brewery, to taste that from the tanks, I really, truly did not know good quality beer. It's unbelievable. And so what you said about, you know, that lingering smell and the wonderful taste, that just comes from quality, Jeremy. Our brewery, and, I've ne- and I'm, I guess I'm a bit biased, but I've worked in the industry for a long time for many different breweries. I've never seen a brewery who adheres to quality as much as they do. It's their own pristine water from their well underneath the, the brewery, 300 meters down there. It's all Moravian malt. It's all the best hops in the world that come from, you know, the Czech Republic. It's And then, of course, time. We age our beer for at least 90 days. I'm not sure that anybody else does that in the world because of the almighty dollar. It's very expensive yeah. to keep it there, but that makes the difference.
0: Oh, and, and you can taste the difference. I mean, I'll, I'll have – the, the macro lagers from the U S and there's, you know, there are flavors of like green apple and, and, and one of them, and there's a little bit of banana in another, and, and you know, these are flavors that, you know, I, I don't mind. And clearly no one else minds because they sell a ton, but you can, but anyone who knows the brewing process knows that they sat in the tanks as just as long as they, as was necessary. And then they moved them out because, you know, we gotta, we gotta make some money. Okay. Um, but but the uh, but the Budvar beers uh, I I don't recall ever having a pale Czech lager with that much character with that much um, I I mean to use the word the mojo that had so much mojo in that in that beer it was it was incredible um, what, Can you tell me a little bit more about it I, I know I know you're not from the Czech Republic but you know you represent a brewery from there and you spend a lot of time there um, what is the beer culture like in the Czech Republic?
1: Wow. I would go as far as saying that is their, their culture. It is beer. They love beer. They embrace beer. They they drink more beer than anybody else in the world, as we know. I actually, just before we came on, did a quick um, Google search. So it as of right now, Czech people per capita drink 468, let's say, equivalent bottles of beer a year. And we go down to the U.S., 282, and Canada, not even 250. So they're almost double Mm. to what we drink. So you can see everything's about beer. They go out to the – they never go for one beer. That's not such a thing. They go for two or three or four beers. But the reason they can drink so much beer is that they take all the carbon dioxide out of it. When we were um, showing you in Austin, How we do our Czech pour, that's a huge part of the Czech culture. They want that big, big head on it. That big head on it just dissipates all the extra CO2. We don't want that in our bellies. So that's why they can drink so much. They don't get full. They don't start burping and, you know, just feel really uncomfortable. They can Mm -hmm. drink and enjoy the flavor of the beer.
0: And you get a lot more aroma out of that too. And that's where, you know, that, you know, uh, every once in a while, I've I've only seen a few of them here in the U S, but they use the the little side pour handle that you can dial in how much foam and, and, you know, they're pouring beer, like old school, uh, coffee baristas are making cappuccinos with that thick moussey foam. And, and it's kind of the same sort of thing with a properly poured Czech Pilsner to, Get that aroma released and get that carbonation out of your belly and just enjoy that the the liquid fresh buns out of the oven.
1: That, that was wonderful. I loved how you described that. You know, the beer people that in the Czech Republic, beer masters, and they truly are, they take as much care of a pouring their pint of beer as a barista at Starbucks or your local coffee place would take. It is an art and they absolutely live it and love it.
0: Interesting. Um, so that, that's kind of the, uh, you know, and I heard that, I've, I've heard that story about the, the Czech Republic as well. Um, I, I got to interview, uh, Evan rail, uh, some time ago and, and he talked about how the Czech Republic is, is, um, it, you know, drinks the most beer per capita in the world, but it wasn't necessarily that, you know, it's not, that's not to say that they're a bunch of alcoholics or they have drinking problems. It, it's, it's more about, you know, uh, lower, lower alcohol beer, um, and enjoying the experience, spending more time, you know, um, if, if, and unless I have that wrong, but it's just, they, they create more of a culture around it rather than I got to throw a few of these back so I can, I can get myself to a certain uh, point of inebriation to uh you know watch the game so to speak
1: yes exactly that's not their culture they're not out there just to go and get uh, drunk they're out there to enjoy the occasion and the occasion is beer beer and food beer and your friends beer and fun they do not get drunk that's not what they're all about they want the flavor they want the experience
0: yeah now uh nothing getting back to the brewery um you know Budvar as it's really really called uh uh as opposed to Czech bar um, if I I remember you saying that it was owned by the nation it was it was it, it like government run or how would how would you uh, how would you explain that
1: Yes, definitely. So the brewery was there since 1895 and it went through all different phases it it was occupied by the Nazis it, you know until the velvet curtain fell. Um, I just made a few notes here. Uh, when was that? So 1942, we were occupied. And after that, so yeah. all our exports had come to a grinding halt, completely wiped out, nothing while we were occupied. So then in 1967, it became a national corporation, uh, became a national corporation, the Czech Republic. So basically 10 million people own this, pro- this brewery. We report to the uh, Ministry of Agriculture. So the government own us, government look after us. Of course, we make good profit for them and we will not be sold. If you go into the lobby of our brewery, there is um, a big suit of armor there with our logo in the front on a big shield. It's basically to fend off everyone who comes to try and buy us. Nope, we're not for sale, we're not for sale. Truly, truly independent. 10 million owner, owners—that's all. So we have to be good because we're actually speaking to ten million people every day. And of course, the Czechs know beer. So if we make bad beer, they'll soon tell us. But uh, yeah. so that—that's well, when I've, it became national.
0: Well, I've—I've I've heard of breweries being family-owned, but this is a, 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 the next level. <laughs> um, and, and actually, I—I I, I have heard of of like, uh, the Argentine government owning a winery or something like that. Please forgive me if I get that wrong, but I've, I've heard of this happening before, but how common is it for a nation or a government to own and run a, a brewery or a winery or something like that?
1: Uh, I cannot speak from, you know, absolute certainty, but I haven't heard of any, any other brewery that's owned by the full country before it's our national brewery. Um, yeah. And as I said, we report to the to the government every month, every year. So we have to do things properly. It will not be for sale.
0: And, and so I would imagine, though, if this is a national thing, you know, there's a lot of national pride. There's a lot, you know, I, I think about from my you know growing up in the U.S., you know, we, we, we get behind our football teams or our baseball teams or our basketball teams or whatever our sports teams are, but those are city-based or, you know, regionally based, um, uh, you know, probably like in everywhere else in the world, everyone gets behind their, uh, football mat, uh, teams, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and speaking Americanese, uh, uh, soccer. Um, but, uh, but this is a national brewery of a beer-drinking nation. Uh, I can only imagine there's a ton of just national pride behind this, or I, at least I hope there is.
1: Yeah, you would think there would be. But from my side of it, what I've seen is that Bud Bar is not the taste of most Czechs. They would like a beer that is mm. much more hoppy and bitter, more to the liking of Pilsner Urquell. Uh, gross, maybe Beck's, very highly bitter and much higher hot than Budvar is. So last year or the year before, we came up with a brand called 33, Budvar 33, to try and uh, go to the masses. Okay, guys, you want this more bitter drink, 33 IBUs, we're giving it to you now. And that is starting to catch up the difference between us and Pilsner Urquell domestically. We do more than 80% of our entire brewery's volume in export. So the rest of the world will love us, absolutely, Mm -hmm. but the Czech Republic doesn't embrace us as much as you think they would, or I think they would.
0: Interesting, but uh, well, it sounds like, is is there a bit of a conflict there or, or is it just a preference?
1: it's a preference. It's not a conflict. Every time I go there, I speak to my Uber drivers, my taxi drivers, anybody I can talk to. I tell them I work for Budweiser. They said, yeah, good beer, good beer, but I drink this. So it's just not quite to their taste. That's all. It doesn't mean it's a bad beer. There's no bad beer. It's just not their taste. That's all. So this 33, we're trying to get them to take more notice of us.
0: Well, and that that brings up one of the things I was hoping to uh, ask you about, and, and here we are, is, is just the, the, um, collision of tradition and, and innovation. And we know, uh, a lot of American beer styles came from um, outside of America, particularly, uh, throughout Europe. And then we made them our own. We Americans made them our own. We added more hops. We added our, our, our malts and our, and our unique hops. And then we sent them back out from where they came. And and now uh, the rest of the world is thinking, ooh, these American beers are amazing. I need to try and make some American IPAs and American hazies and American this, American that. When when you see what's happening in the Czech Republic, do you see that same collision of, hey, all the new kids want these fandangled American beers, but we've been having this since 1895?
1: Yeah, not so much in the Czech Republic. It's funny. Let's just take Budweiser, the American Budweiser. You don't see it there very much because Czechs, uh, they want their European style beer, right? They, they want mm. their, whether it be Danish or German, Polish, they want that style. The American beer is not that style. So, yes, the younger people, the, the people that travel are seeing all these American style beers and they will drink them. And perhaps they might look out for them when they're back in the Czech Republic or in Europe but they're not so prevalent. When you go through all the different pubs and the restaurants, you will just see Czech beers, basically. So they still hang yeah. on to that.
0: Interesting. Um, well, uh, that, that's kind of uh, refreshing to, to hear actually, just because I've, I've heard from other plate, other people that you know, they're, they're drinking hazy IPAs all over the world. I, I spoke with uh, um a a woman living in switzerland but from ukraine and and how hazy ipas are kind of the rage in 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 uh in switzerland she's kind of tired of it and you know it it's uh i find that interesting but that is refreshing that we can still enjoy this beer that has served us for 100 years or more um, and there still make room for that i I find that uh, pretty heartwarming um so kind of on that note then you know if yeah, you know, There's so many of us in the, in the beer world who make these wonderful barrel-aged imperial stout, gosa, uh, crazy ingredient type of beers just because we can, because they're fun. But at the end of the day, many of us often go back to something like a Czech Pilsner um, as as more of like a daily ration as opposed to that special Friday night treat. What makes Czech Pilsner, and even Czech Dark for that matter, what makes them so special to the rest of us in the beer world?
1: I think in the beer world, you've got that correct. It's people who know their beers would really, really embrace what we're doing. We keep to Mm -hmm. all the traditions. We're not going to stray. We're not going to put any adjuncts in there. We're not putting any flavors in there. We're only sticking to the four main ingredients to make a good beer. And you talked about, uh, you know modern day crashing with olden day that's exactly what you have at our brewery we're very modern in what we do we have you know robots running around downstairs picking up loads for all the trucks that are coming in a very up-to-date canning facility that stays up with the times but the rest of it and our recipe and our brewmaster will never ever change what they're doing currently our brewmaster is the 10th of all time he was just actually here in canada and the things that he was saying the canadians were just lapping it up he was actually invited to go to a craft brewer festival the biggest one in canada and to explain why he is there why because he thinks we are still making a craft beer what is a craft beer well it's quality ingredients and taking time to make it that is budweiser Budvar. that is check bar quality craft made beer which will never change
0: yeah um you can see someone uh, really who someone who's good at their craft whether they're painting a great work of art or they're painting a house if they do it well and they do it uh, with talent and knowledge and, and 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 they want to make sure it's done right um, i think we all appreciate that uh, I it, do. you know and it, it and those are two very different kind of type of painting but the the craft of it is still there. Um and, and and I can taste it for sure. Um so for anyone uh I mean anyone who has had plenty of budvar Czechvar, uh but have just kind of thrown it back and not really thought about it all the way to the person who's never had one before. What kind of experience do you hope that they will have when they drink this beer?
1: That's a great question. To me, I call the Czech Republic my happy place. So every time that I I pour one of my beers, drink it, sip it, taste it, smell it, I go back to my happy place. And what we're trying Mm -hmm. to do this year with our marketing is transform everybody who tries a Czech Vodvar, transform them into their happy place, transport them into the Czech Republic and the way they look at beer and the way that they integrate with beer every single day. Also, what we really do stand for, Jeremy, we're one of the few products that come from one place in the world. I can maybe grab it, maybe three others. So champagne, only from one region in the world. Um, Cuban cigars, only made in one place in the world. Kobe beef, as we know, comes from Japan, one place in the world. Czech bar, Budvar, Budweiser, our Budweiser only comes from one place in the world. I think that adds an extra layer of authenticity to our, to our brand.
0: Uh, you know, and I've had this conversation a, a few times, but as we get further out into uh, the outer rings of this craft beer movement and, and people trying to keep on exploring to discover where the edges are and then push past those edges to find the new edges, I see people are starting to use uh, craft malt um, uh, to get that scent of terroir. They're, they're, I mean, we, we've been changing our water profiles for a long, long, long time now because we've learned that we can get a sense of place through our water. Um, and instead of commoditizing and making the, all the brands big, I, I kind of see signs of people trying to bring it small again to try and get that sense of place. That, um, yeah, I, I can get you a Sierra Nevada pale ale uh, anywhere in the world, but you can only get this pale ale made with these malts in this, in this spot, excuse me. And I, and I find that interesting, especially with the advent of beer tourism and, and beer nerds like myself, it's, we're, we're becoming more and more interested in that authentic experience, not just that great beer that we can get anywhere. Um, and granted, we can get your great beer due to your efforts, uh, in more places than we used to, but that where it comes from, that we can only we can only trace that back to that place. and so we get that sense of place through the through drinking this beer.
1: Definitely. every can, every bottle, every pint of check bar that you have at the pub on draft is only coming from our little town. Uh, and and I love that fact. We're, today most breweries are you know saving money. okay, well, let's not ship it over because it's very expensive and it's time consuming. Let's brew it here. We'll brew it here under license. Like you said, we'll change the water. Chemists can do that. So it should taste the same, but does it, to me, the experience of knowing that it's only coming from one place on the earth, it just adds an extra layer for my enjoyment and, you know, to transform me over there every time I, I drink one.
0: The first beer that I ever fell in love with that completely turned me around and and, and changed my whole paradigm was drinking a a, a Newcastle Brown. Uh, one day, uh, you know, uh, just post-college, just got done surfing at the beach and went to go grab a bite and oh, I'll get a beer. And that beer just changed my life. Sadly, these days, under new ownership, it's now made in the U.S. And it's still a good beer, but it doesn't taste the same. It's not the same beer. Um and, and and with all due respect uh it, you know it is just we, we lost that experience uh and that's not the only one of its of uh, that has gone through that process so i appreciate i appreciate that you guys are holding true to this tradition and and, and hopefully in the you know in this world of just going through di- you know different cycles of of the economy and and this and that and the other thing, you know when everyone loves the new beer, the shiny beer, the 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 latest trend, at some point we're gonna circle back around and start finding these beers that have been there for us for a long 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 time and you guys are definitely on definitely on that uh, shelf.
1: Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. It's just in this world of you know turmoil and high inflation, do imported beers hold that place in people's minds or in their uh, pocketbooks? They don't have enough money to maybe buy an import beer, so perhaps they take a step back and buy a domestically made beer, which is a little bit cheaper, and just keep us in the back of their mind to think, okay, when things get better, I'm going to go and buy a check bar because now I can afford it. That's a thing we play mm-hmm. with. So sometimes I think, oh, let's brew it somewhere else. Let's cut our costs down, especially for transportation. But the brewery said, no, we're holding still. This is us. This is our yeah. tradition. We won't change it.
0: Well, and um, granted, we're recording this in January of 2023 and... And I don't keep up on these stats, like I used to. But last time I checked, uh, it looked like uh, import beers to the US anyway, uh, were were up from uh, last year. But of course, you're, you're still in the the sales and business and keeping track of all the stuff. Is that still true as of this recording?
1: Uh, Yes, actually, Jeremy, it is. And I'm very pleased to say that I looked at the beer index, and import along with one other, and I can't quite remember. I think it may be a seltzer or a, some sort of slider. Those were the only two channels that were up. Everything else was down. Um, I can't remember. One of them was dramatically down, as well as the craft. They are going down. So, you know, maybe people are doing what you said. I want a good quality beer. I won't drink a lot of them, but I'll buy six of this rather than 12 of a cheaper brand.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I have to say, I'm, I'm personally in kind of a cycle where I I really don't want another IPA. I, I'm kind of, you know, right now I'm, I'm kind of bored with IPAs, um, you know, and, and I'm, you know, with my other project sense of beer style, I'm going through all these different beers through the, uh, BJCP guidelines and, 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 uh, it's just so much fun to go find some of these older beers, all oh, the, the German beers, the Czech beers, the British beers. And just kind of it's been fun for me to kind of take a just a little break from you know, the ordinary American craft beers and go back to these European um, uh, beers that are in the canon. You know, it's just it, it it's it's fantastic to remind myself that this is the source. I'm drinking from the source right now. This is this and, and all is good. You know,
1: yes. the holy grail.
0: Um the Holy Grail is just to have that experience, and these are the these are the beers that deliver that experience and inspired what what we're drinking now. Yes, um, from from the standpoint of of um, you know of Czech beer, the Czech culture, the the uh, the testament to just standing for quality and and tradition, uh, and you know not changing for change sake, but holding holding on to this. Uh, I think last I checked, you have three different beers that you brew. uh, You've got your pale, your dark, and then you mentioned the 33. Are there others?
1: Yes, there are. There's actually a very special one. It's held in our tanks for 200 days plus. So every single day, our brewer, head brewer, Adam, he gets to go there and taste it. If it's not quite right, they'll keep it there. So it could be 200 days spot on. It could be 250. It just... It's down to him as when he thinks, okay, this is ready for release. And it's a very small release. And right now it was only Europe, but I am pushing this year to try and get either uh, the States or Canada to try and bring in some of this reserve. And yes, of course, you'll be sent some to try it. It is something very, very special. (laughs) 200 days maturity, 7.5% alcohol in a very, very smooth liquid. You will love it. So we do that one we do the 5% lager we do a stronger one uh 6 6% lager these are all for domestic use we do a mm-hmm. 0 alc or .05 called nealco which is small alcohol um we do the dark which is 4.7 we do this reserve and then we have an offshoot which is called pardal which is more of for domestic use only we will never export that but right now gotcha. export to North America, we only have Check Bar Original, five percent, and Check Bar Dark at the moment, four point seven percent. So watch out for the reserve.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, thank you, thank you. I'm excited yeah. about that already. Um,
1: okay.
0: So, so it's it's not that you guys are opposed to innovation and holding strong to the tradition. Uh, you know, I see other uh, other beers, um, like Duval, for example. I mean, they're they're putting out some different things to. You know, maybe to stay relevant, maybe to stay on top of things. Um, uh, La Chouffe uh, just put out a, an NA version, um, so it, it, you have these kind of uh, classic, iconic beers from from yore uh, that are that are trying to appeal to the next generation of uh, beer drinkers that are just discovering beer for the first time now. Um, how are you guys trying to tackle that dilemma?
1: it is a dilemma um for such a traditional company it's very hard to change tack like i spoke to the brewer we will never do a wheat beer that's something he said that they will never really look into will we add any flavorings to it i don't think so he just wants to stick to the traditional way so yes we'll bring out this extra strong version and we have an na or a very low alk because now the consumer is shifting and they're demanding it the yeah. drinking in the Czech Republic, it's zero alcohol. So somebody has to have a DD. So are they going to drink this beer that's very, very close to Czech bar, Bud Bar? I drink it all the time when I go there, Point zero five. It's not going to hurt anybody to drink that. So I guess that is their innovation. It's come a long way for them to actually brew something like that. Although last year we had a brand new innovation. It's almost not even like a shandy it's more like um a rattler but an even lower radley i think it was 0.05 percent beer in a, oh, fruit, wow. a fruit juice a very low sugar fruit juice that we paired up with somebody from the czech republic it's called beer go b-i-r-g-o and it's taken off so i would love to have that here too so my list is very long on what i would love to have exported here but that's another innovation that they tried so they do look outside the box, whether they're going to change dramatically and have a hazy IPA. I cannot say that for sure, but we do look at other options.
0: Well, and, and of course I'm, I'm someone who says never say never, but, uh, but I, I certainly hope that you guys don't put out a hazy IPA. We have plenty of those, but, uh, but I'm, I'm excited to see your reserve beer that you talked about your low, uh, low alcohol beer come to the U S and proliferate in, uh, and you know, I'm going to put a vote that uh, you get that into uh, the the northwest uh, first. But you know, that's that's just one man's vote. Um, when we talk about a beer experience, when we talk about you know, uh, you know, when you and I met in Austin and and we sat down and everyone had a beer, we told stories. Um, maybe going having a meal and just having that having that experience that you will remember for the rest of your life. How do you? Define that personally. And how do you hope to deliver that?
1: For you're talking, obviously, for the Czech for our brand, how do we deliver that in North America?
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, that, that's that been our dilemma. Uh, we do have a YouTube, <clears throat> YouTube page. We have a Facebook page and we have an Instagram page. How do we get across the feeling of actually being there in the Czech Republic, drinking that beer, having it with your friends, not being there to get drunk? That is what we have to do this next year. So it's going to be a lot of um, short clip videos of people enjoying it from the Czech Republic with their friends, put them in a situation where it's like an out of home situation. So in Germany, they did this amazing out of home experience called Beer Grows on Trees. In the Czech Republic, beer grows on trees. It's like it's delivered every day. We have it every day. We don't quite have it for breakfast, but it grows on trees. So they did activations in Berlin, where they actually had this huge tree and some Budvar cans attached to the tree. You get a little postcard, you write your experience, you go and pick a beer off the tree, share it with everybody on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, Twitter even. That's the type of thing we need to do in North America. Just more experiences. That's what we're hopefully going to deliver to the market in this coming year. More festivals, more out of home little pop up experiences like that and more working with uh, your third party three, sorry, three tier distribution in the US. That is where we need to get closer to to be able to offer our brand to way more people.
0: Yeah, I I think that would be key. Of course, I I am biased um, uh, about the education, about telling the stories, about about uh, creating the experience, because, you know, I've tasted a lot of really good beer um, throughout my time. I've tasted a lot of really uh, questionable beer, too, which has taught me a lot about beer. But uh, but it's it's those experiences I mentioned at the beginning of this. I've had about a uh, I've probably tasted thousands of beers, but I've I've there have been about a dozen of them that have had that clouds part of an angel sing moment. And, and of course the, the check bar, uh, cause it said check bar in the bottle, but it's really Budvar. That was one of those experiences where I just remember where I was, what I was doing, what I was smelling and how it made me feel about that. I was just, like I mentioned, I was just kind of, I, I was taken. Um, uh, And so that's the hard part is how do we, how do we, Literally, uh, pun intended, put that in a bottle and and give that to people and say, you need to try this. Um, That is the trick.
1: That is the trick. And it all is, we have this thing here, yeah, yeah, liquid to lips. That's your
0: job. (laughs) Right, right.
1: So please help me, anybody. Um, It is liquid to lips. You have to try it. You don't get it until you try it. And you don't get it until you try it with the two different pores that we showed you in, in Texas. Um, there is a yeah. North American pour where you just take your time down the side of the glass and you don't get a huge amount of foam or bubbles. We then showed you the Czech pour, as we alluded to earlier in mm-hmm. this podcast, lots of foam, like get all the CO2 out. And just to taste those side by side, you will never go back to the North American pour again. Once you try, you could do it with mm-hmm. any beer, but especially if you do it with a Czech beer, you will get that feeling, you'll get that aura, you'll get that clouds parting moment.
0: And you know and that's one of those things maybe I need to create a little video and put it out on my uh socials uh but you know people think about I'm just gonna pour a beer out of the bottle out of the can out of the tap, and there's and there's only one way to do it and oh no, there's not you you power to the people you you get to create your own experience. By even you know pouring from a can, the way that the little hole is shaped is kind of an oval. If you just twist it on its side, you don't get that glug glug glug. So you can control the pour a little bit better. If you uh, if you pour it straight down the center of the glass and and let all the foam just erupt, where you have to stop and wait to let it kind of subside and then finish pouring it takes time. It takes a little bit of patience. Uh, and it's, it's, that's probably not the way to do it at a summer barbecue, but, but if you want to create that moussey foam with lots of, lots of aroma and kind of excitement and anticipation, kind of like, you know, uh, you know, the Christmas Eve, I mean, we're just full of, uh, anticipation. Um, that's a completely different beer experience and all, and the only difference was how you poured it and, exactly, and, and yeah. pouring the beer, pouring the beer, has an effect.
1: Yes, definitely. And um, we had that there. Obviously, it's it's better in a glass. But some people I've seen try it even in a plastic cup. It works. The experience is there. You know what? We take time to brew our beer. We take 90 days plus to hold it in those tanks. Let's just take time to enjoy it. Take time to pour it. No problem. It's only a few seconds. Let it dissipate. Pour it again. Then let's take the time to enjoy it
0: yeah and you know if you're in a hurry there there's another beer for you if if you want to enjoy it that's what this budweiser is for yes right
1: exactly exactly um (laughs)
0: um, you know i i don't want to be a jerk but let's just call it what it is um uh this is kind of a kind of uh uh philosophical foofy question i like to ask people but um uh, if we were to imagine that uh, that Budvar is uh, the entire brewery and the entire brewery experience was like a, a work of art that was trying to uh, like you know express something or communicate something, what is it that the brewery is trying to say?
1: Yeah, wow, what a question! Um, I think they're trying to say to everybody, let's go back to basics, everybody. Let's do things properly. Let's do things the the old-fashioned way. Let's take our time and let's make good products. Let's not cut costs everywhere and, and charge more for it. Let's get what we deserve. Let's make this beer. Make it. Oh, I remember years and years ago. Sorry, this is a kind of a segue. I was in England and selling Stella. And their tagline was reassuringly expensive because it was an expensive beer. It took them time to make and they had this beautiful chalice. Well, that could be the same for check bar. We're not going to use that tagline, but it is reassuringly expensive. It's expensive because the quality of the ingredients are expensive. So let's get back to basics. Basics, good quality ingredients makes a good quality beer. So then we can enjoy the good quality beer in our time. I think that's what our brewery is trying to tell people.
0: Yeah, it's like you're offering a Mercedes, but at at affordable price. You know, it, uh, it's it, let's just enjoy it. Um, now, to kind of begin our little wind down process, I've got some uh, fun questions for you, Nikki. Um and, and if you've heard any, of, if you've heard any of this podcast before, you probably know what's coming. But uh, tomorrow, uh, I have the uh, authority granted to me for one day only to uh, to uh, make you the queen of the beer world for one day. What is one thing you'd like to change about?
1: The beer industry? Well, okay, beer industry as a whole, and I'm talking North America, I would love for the governments to change the taxation on the beer. That is one of my pet peeves. It makes a beer so much more expensive. We don't have to do that. Let people enjoy it. Um, that is one of the things, uh, great question. Can I come back to that? I'm sure I've got some other possibilities and I'll just think about it while you ask me other questions. Well,
0: well, and, 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 and that's okay. You, you gave it a perfect answer and we don't need the full list. I mean, you know, um, so that's perfect, but it's funny. I I've had many other people on the podcast give a similar answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently we need, uh, I I need to dive into, taxation practices and, and, and understand how that's affecting our beer choices. Um, so I'm going to put that on my mental list, but uh, your Royal Highness, uh, at the end of your day as queen of the beer world, uh, the, the globe is going to fly you anywhere in the world to to have whatever you want to eat, whatever you want to drink to celebrate, where were you going to go or where would you go? And what would you have?
1: Okay, so if I wasn't having beer, my next number one love for alcohol is champagne. Um, Perhaps I would Mm. be going to, um, let's say, the home of champagne. So I'm going to France. Um, What am I going to eat? Um, I'm a picky eater because I have a few allergies. And somebody said to me, your very last meal on earth, what would you ask for? And I said something silly like, oh, an omelette. A really nice made omelet. The French do omelets really well, so I would be there with a glass of Dom Perignon and a lovely omelet.
0: Fantastic. And, and if you if you were uh, stuck with a beer, what beer would you have?
1: Of course, a Czech Bar in Prague, or <laughs> even in Ceske Budweiser, at our my favorite watering hole.
0: I was going to say, well, the way you described uh, that beer down in the cellar, uh, kind of you kind of had me there too. So. Um, uh, kind of another big question is, um, you, you, you said it, uh, you've been in the beer business for 30 years and, and, um, it's obviously impacted your life in, in a large way. Why does good beer matter so much to you?
1: Good beer always matters and it should matter to everybody. Um, bad beer shouldn't, anybody can make beer. Not many people can make a really, really good beer. So me being in this industry for so long, I've been in sales mainly, and I just want people to enjoy good quality beer. So me being there, good quality beer matters to me. Make it properly, sell it properly without a huge, huge price tag and let everybody enjoy it. Everybody should be able to enjoy a good quality beer.
0: Mm, That's great. You are a benevolent queen. I love it. Um, for for anyone who wants to learn more about Budvar Czechvar, the brewery, the beer, or even go f- find where they can get a six pack near them, where can they go to connect?
1: We have a website, checkvar.com. If you even put in Budvar, Budvar, it'll probably redirect you to the North American site. Uh, Maybe if you don't have any things on your computer where they know you're from, you can actually go to Budvar directly. That's probably the best place to have it. Um, They can reach out to me for places you can buy it from. We work with our distributor, U.S. Beverage. They will give me all the information that individuals need, and I will tell them their closest pub or their the bar, restaurant, or even retail location where they can purchase it from.
0: And, and I know you uh, kind of run the North America uh, version of this, but what about elsewhere in the world? If we're in Europe or Asia or the South Pacific or Australia, is it fairly easy to find?
1: Uh, we export to 80 countries in the world. So 80 out of the world, uh, countries isn't bad. You can probably find a check bar or a Budvar or a Budweiser somewhere. I cannot speak to these other countries. I don't know where they are. But if you look on social media, sure. there's so many different check bars or Budvars or Budweisers you can follow. So that will probably be your best option. Look at social media, whether it be Instagram or or Facebook, they will always lead you to your local place that you can buy it from
0: or better yet, go to your distributor uh, and say, we want real bud.
1: I love that. Go to your local Um, restaurant. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you, last easy question. Do you have any final words of wisdom or any calls to action for anyone listening and watching?
1: No calls to action. No. um, Just, you know, watch your space. We are going back to our story. We are in court all the time trying to get, We just want Budvar. Let us just be called Budvar. So my hope and my dreams maybe for the next decade is that you will see an actual Budvar in North America rather than a Czech bar, but please believe it is exactly the same liquid. So enjoy it, enjoy it anywhere in the world and know it only comes from one place.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on to this and sharing the story. And, and, this is a beer, and I, if I'm if I'm completely honest, it's easy to overlook another pilsner from Europe. Uh, with all the crazy stuff that's happening in the beer world, uh, the fun that, that's happening in the beer world, it's easy to overlook that that beer with the with the red and the cream colors on it. Um, it's uh, it, it's it's not hard to do, but some of those things that are more subtle are the ones that are going to, uh, create that experience. And and it certainly did for me. Um, but thank you for, uh, introducing this. Thank you for, thank you for your work of getting all that fresh, uh, Czech bar beer into Austin when you did, uh, it it is, it's been a wonderful, wonderful impact. And, and I'm hoping that I can kind of share the love and, and let other people know that you, this is an incredible experience. The, the, the Czech Republic experience, um, uh, and this is something that everyone needs to try and enjoy.
1: Yes, thank you very much for the opportunity to be here, Jeremy. It was a pleasure to meet you in uh, Austin, Texas, and a pleasure to be on your podcast. All I say to the other people, please follow us on socials. We're going to plan something big this year.
0: Ooh, awesome. Can't wait. Great. Admittedly, the Czech Republic may not be known for the latest, but it's definitely one of the greatest when it comes to beer. I haven't traveled there yet, but any place where people care about each other, their beer, and taking their time to do it right just sounds amazing. In the next episode, we travel to the Middle East to get a taste for an emerging beer culture in the United Arab Emirates. I'm on a virtual tour of the craft and culture of beer around the globe. I've put Good Beer Matters on video so I can take you along for the ride. If you know of a person, a place, or a beer story that needs to be told, let me know. Meanwhile, grab a beer, hang out with friends, and let your world open up. Thank you for listening. Cheers.